Dr. Randy, I've been following you for six years on the radio as I can catch you when I'm working. Good. And I've tried, um, and I've worked on my marriage for a long time now. Uh, I've tried asking my wife, like you suggested, what one thing could I change? I asked her, what what do I say or what I do that shows you I love you? And I don't know what I can do to, to get her to desire me, to, to want me. Mm. Wow. Uh, we start with Ron because I think he identifies, many of you identify with what uh, this gentleman's struggling with. We'll get to Jim a little bit later here in the in our half hour from the Intentional Living Center today. I'm Dr. Randy Carlson along with Jennifer and Stephen and uh, welcome to, no- oh and I, Gino's over there. Hey Gino, hiding out around the corner there on Facebook. Welcome to face- Facebook, we're on Facebook Live, Gino. Hey, welcome to um to our studio here in our Intentional Living Center. Glad to be with you as we enter into this brand new month of November. Can't believe it. <laughs> uh, before you know it, we'll uh, be celebrating Christmas together. That'll be a lot of fun. Just before we get into the uh, the show today, talking about marriage, uh, I got to stop and do two things. First of all, say thanks to each of you who so faithfully called this last month And boy, you know, the first part of the month was kind of slow and those calling to share in the ministry. And boy, we finished with a bang. And you took us over the top. Every dollar coming in, going to help us reach more people for Christ, continuing to do what we do on the radio, our podcast, and expanding our uh, digital print, imprint, and footprint around the world through intentional living. So I say thanks. And number two, we had a drawing. Everybody was included in a drawing and uh, the computer does a random selection, looks at all the people who called and picked one. And uh, this is for that uh, grocery gift card that we made available. You ready? You want to? You want to? Uh, you want to know who won? Here we go. Uh, we want you to know. Randomly picked was Lynn from Flagstaff, Arizona. Congratulations, Lynn! And by the way, when you get to your phone, you'll find you have a a voice message from our own Stephen Davis who called you to let you know, but you weren't there. Weren't there, but uh, call him back. He left his number. So, Lynn, congratulations from Flagstaff. We certainly appreciate everybody who uh, was a part of the ministry uh, during October. Hi, Dr. Randy. My name is Terry, and the roadblock in my marriage is money. My husband and I have very different views on how to handle it, and I need some tips, I guess. He's free-spending, living paycheck to paycheck all the time. Somehow the Lord gets us through. I am not that kind of spender and would rather have a little money left over at the end of the month for shoes or something for the kids or, you know, different things that we need in the future. Anyway, I would like some tips. Thanks. Listen, uh, you, you don't need a tip. You need a blowhorn. You need something to catch your husband's attention. Hello, we got a problem here because there's a day coming. Could be because of illness, sickness, retirement, can't work, whatever. That uh, you're going to say, we should have. And intentional living is about eliminating we should have from our vocabulary. And the, what we replace it with is, I'm glad we did. And in this case, uh, you really need to get your husband's attention. I don't know how you do that. I mean, you know your husband. What What is it going to wake him up? But uh, the two of you need to be on the same page with your finances. It is foolishness to spend more than you make over an extended period of time because that drives you right into the ground. 
Smart people follow the 10-10-80 principle of intentional living or some other program, tithing 10%, giving 10%, saving the 10%, setting that aside minimum, and then learning to live on that other 80%. And some people learn to live on 70%, 65%, whatever. But unless you do it intentionally, my wife and I, when we got married as teenagers, we intentionally said, hey, let's take a little bit out of the, the pay every month and set it aside Five bucks, 10 bucks. You know what? Over the number of years my wife and I have been married, that grows. And that'll be true for you too. So learning to be intentional together is powerful. That's what we talk about. In fact, this weekend at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night at New Beginnings Church in Albuquerque, we're going to talk about the the power of setting goals. That's one of the things I'm going to get into. The power of setting a goal together, a shared goal. can change a marriage, change a family, change a future. And by the way, um, we're looking forward to that. I was talking to Michael up there, the tech guy, this morning about the the weekend and everything's going to be perfect, he said, and that's great. But uh, I I learned that the New Beginnings Church in Albuquerque used to be a um, a nightclub, a big a whole big whole corner of nightclub activities. And uh, Richard Mansfield, who's the pastor, they they got the whole property, and Michael was telling me it's not a nightclub anymore; it's a light club. Sharing the light of Jesus on that on that corner in Albuquerque, two thousand people. So we're looking forward to being there. It's going to be it's going to be a fun weekend. All right, uh, we're talking marriage today. By the way, if you have a question about marriage, if you're struggling with your marriage, or maybe you just have one of those, you know, I wish I wish I could get some feedback on a decision I'm, I'm making or we're making or thinking about. And this is a high stake relationship, folks. You mess up the marriage, you mess up a lot of peace and comfort and. And uh, you know, in your marriage, what, in your life, what that does. So if you have a question, I'm here, happy to talk to you, um, give you some feedback, ask some questions, maybe give you some intentional living points and principles. You can call. Our phone line has been switched back to the studio now. It is open to you at 888 Comes right into the studio. Stephen will take your call. All right. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Terry? Uh, looks like you have a question. What is it? Go ahead. Well, I was explaining to um, Stephen, mm-hmm. the challenge I'm having with my husband and our communication is he picks and chooses what he feels is important to communicate with me. And if it's not important to him, it's just no big deal. And then I would might bring something up to him. I really wish he would have communicated that with me. And then he goes on and invalidates the reason for not communicating. Yeah. Can you give me an example of, uh, of a... Topic? Yes, um, it goes back to a lot with the no marriage. With um, I've been helping raise my stepson since he was four, and he's almost eighteen. My husband had full custody of him when I married him, and um, throughout the marriage, it was just a lot of miscommunication with maybe what would be going on with my stepson and his mom, because he went to see his mom, but every other weekend. And this past Christmas, he went to his mom's house for a few days after Christmas. He's 18, so he doesn't go that often anymore. And uh, he told me he was coming home one day, and then he didn't bother to tell me that he was coming home early, and he just showed up. And I was really surprised, and it just kind of caught me off guard. Like, why didn't he tell me that he was coming home early? Now, are you talking about your stepson? How does that relate to your husband? Well, I wish that I asked my husband, why didn't you tell me he was going to go ahead and come home a little earlier? 
And, you know, maybe I could have just kind of prepared myself a little bit because it's the challenges of being a step parent anyways at times. And it was just nice for me to have that little, that little break. You know, he went to his mom's house for a couple of days. And so I just asked my husband, and I wish he would have just told me, and he didn't feel like there was any need to tell me. Okay, is it, a lot of the communication issues revolved around this uh, blended family? Yes. Okay. At times, yes. The, I, I, what I hear you saying, Terry, is, you know, it would have been helpful if you would have told me he was coming home early, uh, would help me plan and know the schedule and so on and so on. But, you know, to be very honest with you, Terry, what I'm hearing is that's not the issue. What I'm hearing is you feel disrespected. Yes, very much so. It seems to me that's ultimately what you need to communicate to your husband, because if if he honestly believes the issue is that his son is coming home a little bit early, he's probably thinking, what's the big deal if he comes home a little early? Right. I mean, what is that? Right. That does not make the world collapse. I mean, what's the big deal? I didn't even think of telling you. But if right. you, But if you're saying to me that the fact that he's not communicating with you and you feel disrespected because of these relationships that you don't have maybe as much involvement with, that's another issue. That's, that's a real issue of not feeling respected, not feeling like you're on the same page, and not communicating about the things that are important to you, which right. seems to me to be a much bigger deal than did he come home early or not. Exactly. And and that was me just trying to commu- communicate that, exactly what you said to him. And he takes it as what you just said. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't have to tell you he's coming home. Sure. It's just his home. And, you know, so in some regard, I can see his... his yeah, I would probably... You know what? Candidly, I'd probably feel somewhat the same way. He might be saying, you, you, you make too big a deal out of, you know, my son. I mean, this this stuff. He mm-hmm. might be thinking you're making too big a deal. What the issue for you is is feeling disrespected. Disrespected, yes, exactly. Here's what I would encourage you to do, Terry, is to sit down with your husband, because blending families is tough, is sit down with your husband and say, honey, let me give you an example. When when this happened, here's how I felt. I felt left out or I felt disrespected. Maybe it's my problem. Maybe it's not a big deal for other people. Maybe it wouldn't be a big deal for somebody else, or maybe it wouldn't be something that would be upsetting to you, but it is to me. And I just want you to know that when you show me that kind of respect by keeping me over-informed, over-communicating, bringing me into these kinds of things, I feel closer to you. I feel, um, I feel more in love with you or whatever it is you know, you're really feeling, but really going to the heart of the issue, which is an issue of respect. Okay. Well, I appreciate that so much, and I will take that um, to heart. And I've been trying to do my part and just praying and praying through the situation and praying for him. And, you know, I know I'm not a perfect person through all this as well, but I do try to strive for better communication and healthier relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's good, Terry. I hear your heart. And uh, again, let me just reinforce this for each of us, that when you have something you need to share, be clear, is this a head issue or a heart issue? If it's a head issue, then you're dealing with facts. Uh, an example, we started, uh, you know, hearing from the caller who said, you know, we got a financial problem. That's a factual problem. Uh, we're running out of money. Here's the X's and O's. Here's the balance sheet. Here's the income statement. Here's, here's what's going to happen if we continue on this course. Can't argue with that. But when it's an emotional issue and we, we present it as a factual issue, we miss the point. And so what's really powerful when you're trying to communicate something from your heart is to share the facts and then give a word picture that reinforces your heart. 
And for you, Terry, to be able to say, you know, honey, it's not that your son came home late. That's not the big deal. But the big deal is I felt that I didn't matter. I felt that I was disrespected. I felt like I was on the outside of our home looking through the window in the relationship between you and your son. It's something that's going to help catch his attention. I tell you, for people like myself who are visual people, when you give us a word picture, we can see it in our eyes. We can see it in the back of our eyelids. And uh, it reinforces the point. And that, that's a powerful thing. All right, phone lines open. You got a question? You want some feedback? Talking about some issues? We're talking about the number one earthly high-stake relationship you're going to have, and that's between you and your spouse. And if we can help you here figure out and look at some of the intentional living principles that work, there's, there's three or four of them that are transformational. Give me a call. Love to give you some feedback. Let's talk. 888-888-1717 is the number. David is in New Mexico. Hi, David. Hi. I appreciate your call. What, yeah, uh, what's your question? I am married to a woman that's been in a wheelchair 46 years. We met in 2009, married in 2010. And uh, at the time we married, she, she obviously she was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. But I tell, I, uh, I've, we've gotten into a situation, she, her care has is, is, uh, become more and more, much more involved now as we've aged and and. Understand, we're not old yet. We're only in our 60s, so we intend to live to 120, so we're middle-aged. <laughs> but the the thing that is happening to us is used to be husband and wife, and now it is caregiver, patient. And, yeah. and I'm constantly dealing with doctors and nurses that are talking about her as a patient and and. And there's so many needs going on. She's had some extreme high fever. So now we have early onset dementia, memory problems, uh, all the things that go on with the deterioration of memory and the brain. And uh, she ran 105 degrees plus in the Presbyterian Hospital for five days before they could get the infection under control and bring her temperature down, which greatly changed how she behaves and uh, then there was issues with medications that cross-reacted and it has been five years since a really bad situation that one time uh, I got her to the ER she was in a coma by the time we got there Um, there is uh, so many times when I've had to work on Remembering, this is still my hot, sexy chick on Hot Wheels. She used mm-hmm. to have a wheelchair with bright blue spokes. <laughs> well, There's, listen, David. I, I, you know, David, listen. You, you're exemplifying, at least at this point, what it means to in sickness and health when we get married. I mean, that um, none of us know. I mean, in, in our families, I, I think of my own dad at the last five, eight years of my dad's life. Uh, my mother took care of him. I mean, he struggled, not not with memory, but he had a lot of physical challenges and multiple surgeries and things, and she was the caregiver. And I never heard her complain, but I'm sure she felt, hey, I'm pretty overwhelmed with all this. And uh, the fact that you're standing in the gap and you're there for her, and what I hear you saying is that she's still my wife. Behind all of that dementia, memory loss, physical problems, pain, um, change in personality and behaviors is a woman that I married. And I'll tell you, every person, every caregiving 
spouse out there that's listening, come on, you know exactly what David's talking about. You understand that it's hard and you might have feelings that you just say, boy, where'd that come from? Um, and feel guilty about some of your feelings. And what I would add to all people, you, David, and others who are listening or caregivers, you got to take care of yourself too. First message on the airplane, put the mask on yourself first. Why? Not because you're selfish, but because you got to breathe. And if a person who's a caregiver isn't breathing, there's going to be a problem. And so making sure you take care of yourself, two, making sure you find the resources, because there are resources available, support resources to come in and help. We can't do everything ourselves, and we just can't do that. And then admitting the fact that I have these feelings, because I think it's easy for us to beat ourselves up, you know, and say, well, I shouldn't feel this way. This is the woman I married. This is the man I married but they're not the same person. They're not. And there's a point in a relationship, and some of you who have a spouse that has dementia or the form of it, of Alzheimer's, you understand that the person is not the same person. It's not the person you married. There's something changed as a result of the decay of the mind and the, the disease. But you know that they're still a spiritual being. You, still, you know God loves them, and you love them, and you care for them. One of the things we need to do in our relationship is define the nature of the relationship. And when you become a caregiver, it does the changes that dynamic some. But that's why it's important to make sure that we're getting the resources in there that we can to, to take care of ourselves in the process. David, let me pray for you, brother. Lord, I do pray for David. I pray for everyone. My heart goes out to, we must have thousands of people listening right now who are caregivers to a spouse or maybe a child or sibling or someone in their life and it's difficult they're hurting struggling lots of feelings lots of emotion i just pray that you will encourage them today remind them uh that uh, they need to take care of themselves in this process in jesus name thank you david phone lines open you're welcome to join us we're just talking about life here today if i can share life with you a little bit and this high-stake relationship, give you some feedback. Love to talk to you and pray with you. 888-888-1717 is my number. Let's take that, let's take that break, and then uh, we'll be back with Jim in Florida. Don't go away. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. And we are right back. Thank you, Kurt. Glad to be here in the Intentional Living studio today as we're entering this month of November we are so thankful for the privilege to be able to do this every day and share with you what does it mean to live intentionally. I'll tell you what it means. First of all, you make a decision. The first step of intentional living is to make a decision, a decision for life, a decision for your marriage. And if you haven't made a decision to be a follower of Christ, I encourage you to do that because there's where the real power comes from. As you understand that God, through his Holy Spirit, can be in your life, empower your life, and he'll be with you during all the difficulties, all the ups and downs in life. The first and most important thing we can do in life is to make the right decision. Many of us are facing the consequences today in our life. We're broke because of the decisions we make. 
we got marriage problems because of the decisions we made in the process, right? Um, or you're struggling in your in your body or in finance, whatever, uh, because as a result of decisions that have been made. And the good news is we can make another decision and start moving back in the correct direction that will honor God. And that's what we're here to help you do through our intentional living ministry. Secondly, is to do that next right one thing every day, doing one thing that moves you closer to that bringing glory to God, moving you toward that goal in your life. And then step three is decluttering the things that are keeping you from getting there. Mental clutter, relational clutter, spiritual clutter, people clutter. Not everybody should be in your life. Let's face it. Maybe some of the friends you have are not the friends you should have. They're dragging you down. And so we really focus on these three things, decision, doing, decluttering. That's intentional living. If you want some input on where you are in your high-stake marriage relationship, give me a call, 888-888-1717. Hang on, Jim. We'll try to get to you in a moment. But first, I want to get back to Ron, who started the show today uh, with a with a question. Um, thanks, uh, thanks for your call, Ron. Go right ahead. What's your question? Well, Dr. Andy, I've been following you for six years on the radio as I can catch you when I'm working. Good. And I've tried... Um, and I've worked on my marriage for a long time now. Uh, I've tried asking my wife, like you suggested, what one thing could I change, knowing that I've got many things to change. So I try to pick one thing at a time to change. Uh, I asked her, what what shows her that I love, that I love you? What, what do I say or what I do that shows you I love you? And, and I'm kind of at a loss here now where our intimate relationship has always been lacking in so much depth that we've sat down, I've talked to her, I've explained to her what I need and, and what I'm looking for, and I just, I cannot get this through to her. It lasts for about a month or so that, that she tries, and then it just goes right back to the same thing mm. that we're having. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know what I can do to, to get her to desire me, to, to want me. You know, when you think of that question, Ron, what could I do to make her desire me more? Uh, there's a lot of men and women who are probably thinking the same thought today. Where's the button to push, the switch, the word, whatever? But we're talking about the most intimate of relationships. We're talking about the core of that intimacy in a relationship that's built around love and attraction and affection. And it's built about uh, being physically and mentally and emotionally healthy, having good experiences from the past that allow us to be healthy in a relationship. And over the years, as I've observed marriages, when they run into the area of sexual problems, many times it can, you know, it can be a simple thing of, you know, there's a physical problem or too, too stressed or the kids are in the exhaustion, you know, just the things that happen to keep us from having time and being in that kind of a, you know, mood, as it were. But sometimes it goes more deep. Maybe it's a personal issue going on in a person's life or things that have not been healed from the past or hurts that have occurred from their childhood. I, I think for you, Ron, is to move forward in your intentional living is to take care of yourself in terms of your own emotional well-being, your spiritual well-being, having reasonable expectations for your wife. Uh, I would encourage the two of you, or certainly herself, maybe to get into counseling. This is a, this is an important matter. It's a biblical matter we read about in First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, and I think it's worthy of counseling for the two of you to just get into counseling, or she get into counseling by herself to unpack what are some of the roadblocks that are keeping her from desiring you or desire is it desire in general and, and a medical check as well i think those are some of the intentional steps you can take if she can take or you can encourage her to take in her own life okay will she do that will she do it 
she's been to counseling. Uh, in fact, you know, when I started listening to you six years ago when I had so many issues that I had asked for a divorce and mm. I've been working so long on this that we've gotten over the other hurdles and I just can't seem to. And it's been, it's been 23 years of this, oh, being boy. married with her mm. like this. You know, part of it, Ron, is uh, we can't demand affection. We can't demand attention. We can't demand that your attraction. One of the things I talk about in my conferences, I say, what was it that attracted you to your spouse? And one of the things I've found in my working and counseling with people over the years is sometimes the things that attracted us later can be a rub. It can be a difficulty in the marriage. And so it may be you go way back to the root of when you first got started. There's things that have never been never been talked about, been honest with. That's I think that's the key is to really get the proverbial cards face up on the table and talk about what's going on in our relationship. We can't demand affection. We woo. We woo and draw affection. That's really what it is. When we demand it, it's cold and callous and empty. Right? Okay. We're about out of time. But, Stephen, uh, you know, we, we heard from uh, David about his wife, right? Yes. And uh, 46 years in a wheelchair and now physical challenges and being a caregiver. I know you can kind of relate to some of that, can't you? Yeah, but I, I think that the cool, the cool thing that happened is something that I hear from you a lot, and it's where my own heart is, is, you know, when you tell, tell somebody, you know, go find yourself a good church, okay? Yeah. He's got a great church because he has brothers and sisters in the body of Christ who are ministering to him and his wife. Yeah. So the church is doing what it's supposed to be doing. And, 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 and just and he says, you know, it's not like we know what you're going through. You know, they're just saying, hey, we're praying for you. God told me to pray for you last night at three in the morning, you know, or what do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, and so for the church to be stepping up the way it needs to be in his life, in his wife's, wife's life, I think that's, that's great. Yeah. That's good. Thank you, Stephen. That's our producer here, Stephen Davis. Uh, from our Intentional Living Center, we're wrapping up this, uh, f- you know, first day here starting out in the month of November. Can't believe it. we got just the last two months of this uh, this year and 2023 will be behind us. And I just, as we wrap up the show today, I just, I, I really want to thank those of you who are continuing and faithfully walking with us through our Intentional Living Ministry. You pray for us. You support faithfully. Um we get an opportunity to minister to you a little bit with our monthly master class that we send out to you digitally and uh, we get the chance to see some of you at our conferences like this weekend in Albuquerque. Sold out. I wish we could just say, hey, come on and join us last minute because we've been getting so many calls that have been coming in, people wanting to know, is there any tickets left? We're sorry, but uh, we're sold out for this, this uh, weekend. Uh, but to be able to minister to you in so many different ways, we, we, we've considered it a huge privilege. Now, here's what, here's what we're doing. We're going off the air live. But we're going to just stay here in the studio. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, maybe have some feedback on marriage. What's one thing you've learned that's made a difference in your marriage? What would you tell a young couple getting married that may help them, maybe transformational in someone's life? You have a question for me? The most high-stake earthly relationship is with our spouse. And we certainly would love to talk to you a little bit. So give us a call and we'll talk and, and then we'll air that in a, in a, in a few days. Just give us a call, 888 1717 888 
thank you for all that you do. Thanks for allowing us to be a part of your life. And thanks to the stations along the network for uh, providing opportunity to get the word out. And we'll see you next time right here from our Intentional Living Center.